Welcome to Leadership Idyllic Season 2. My name is Sebastian. Join me every week to explore the intersection between leadership, psychedelics, and deep spiritual experiences. We'll learn from people's journeys, from the hardships they've had, and from the insights they've gained, and how they use those insights to manifest a better future for their community, for themselves, and for the world around them. If you like the show, subscribe to it. And if you know anyone who would be a great guest for the show, send them my way and I'll take it from there. Hi everyone, I've got a special announcement. I'm working on a retreat in Peru in the Sacred Valley in the fall of this year. This retreat will be led by some amazing healers, two people I've worked with in the past, and will be focused around creativity, reconnecting with it, and manifesting a better future. It will be a plant medicine retreat in a beautiful location. More details to come, but if you're interested, reach out to me and I'll give you more information. This week I meet with Jessica Lagarde. Jessica is a Brazilian psychedelic assistant medicine guide in the Netherlands. She's also a freelance writer in the psychedelic space and co-founded Women on Psychedelics, or WOOPS. WOOPS is an educational platform that advocates for the end of stigmatization around women's mental health and substance use, and the normalization of psychedelics for therapy and healing. Jessica's passion for storytelling, women's empowerment, and psychoactive substances comes alive in WOOPS content since 2020. We talk about Jessica's travels across 30 different countries, the impact psychedelics have had on their own life, and what she's learned from guiding others in their journey. The act of creating and being in the flow and how that creativity can help reconnect with your body, and the story behind women on psychedelics and much more. Enjoy it and see you on the other side. Well, welcome Jessica to Leadership Adelics. I'm I'm so happy to have you here. And I was looking at your profile again today before the show and, and you're you've done so much and you're doing so much from like freelance writers, storytellers, co-founder of Women on Psychedelics, Brazilian Psychedelic Assisted Medicine Guide. Uh, you're, you're all about women's empowerment. And then you're also working with one of our previous uh, guests, Luke Van Polge, uh, which I didn't realize until I, I connected the dots uh, last time we talked. And so it's, it's awesome to have you here today. Well, thank you so much for the invite. I'm excited about this conversation today and see, yeah how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, great. Well, uh, this is this is all about your your journey and how you came to be so awesome and, and how you came to be who you are today and how you're manifesting that that future that's that's for you and, and for the people you're helping. Uh, so, you know, first, like, when did that journey start? Like, were you always spiritual as you are today or did it start somewhere else? <laughs> No, definitely not. I would say like um, my journey actually started about five years ago when I first left Brazil to move here to Amsterdam. Uh, and I actually have never tried any sort of drugs before, not even weed. Uh, so even less psychedelics. I think I didn't even know about psychedelics back then. And of course, once I first moved to Amsterdam, um, we have here in the Netherlands a very peculiar type of culture that is much more open-minded than you can imagine in other places of the world. And here we actually have uh, the magic truffles that are legal. So this is how I first yeah, got in contact uh, with these uh, substances and this space. And yeah, after that, I just stayed here for one year. And I had a few different psychedelic, psychedelic experiences, 
but I wanted to do some time out of like self-discovery and really going throughout the world in some solo travel. So I have gone to live nomadically in Southeast Asia for about a year. And yeah, wow. throughout that journey, I'd say like, <laughs> uh, it was interesting because psychedelics have come in many different ways uh, to me Yeah, in those countries. I've been to Cambodia, Vietnam, and Thailand. And at the same time, uh, you know, when you travel solo, you learn a lot about yourself and yeah. like the way you view the world and the way you view yourself. All of that changes uh, completely in a very short space of time. So this all happened, yeah, in the past five years, to which I ended up moving to Thailand uh, for about eight months and wow. coming back to Amsterdam. Wow. Okay. And, yeah. Before before we uh, we we uh, go go too fast, to, um, can you? Um, can you talk about some of those experiences in your travel? It's, it's, I was actually uh, looking at your Instagram account as well. And I was like, wow, <laughs> she's been all over the world. And there's like beautiful pictures and, and, you know, there's a many hints in there of like also deep spiritual experiences that, that you went through. Like, what are some of those highlights and, you know, how did that shape you and yourself? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, um, it's interesting because like, you know, by, Life on the road, I, I've learned a few, thing, a few things about people, but also about me. And I saw like there are two types of travelers, people that are looking for something and people that are running away from something. And I feel like back then I was a mix of both of those. And this is what actually led me uh, to go to more than 30 different countries in the past five years. Oh, wow. But it was in this constant uh, search for new experiences and uh, to finding new ways of living and different ways that people could, you know, be around the world and be happy with like who they really were. Because for me, before that, uh, I was not really confirmed and happy with my life because I finished like seven years of university and I realized I, I don't want to follow this career. And then I felt for a really long time like I could not really fix in this way of doing life or like this box of doing life or how I was taught uh, my life should go, you know. So this is one of the things that led me to this uh, exploration and search for something more. And I think like a few of the highlights from that is um, I actually learned, you know, like the, the further that I went, yeah. <laughs> which was actually like moving to Thailand, um, I was learning a lot, but at the same time, I was running from a lot of things mm. and I was not really looking into things that were uh, deeper and that would actually bring me uh, to the place I wanted to be. Yeah. So it was, yeah, a combination of different things, was there, I would say. <laughs> yeah. Was there a point in that journey over the last five years? Like what, what was that first point where you had that big aha moment where you're like, oh, wow, 
like, was there something that really stood out, like a rebirth or, or like a discovery about yourself uh, in, in a certain circumstance that you can share? Uh, yes, I, I can definitely share um, one that was very deep and very painful mm. uh, to be dealt with. Basically, uh, on my last months living in Thailand, I have met somebody uh, with which I had um, some sort of like um, romantic adventure. It was not really a relationship or anything of a sort, but it was a person that could uh, bring out a lot of my triggers mm. and a lot of the things that I was not dealing with. And with this person, I shared um a lot yeah about my past about my you know my family my traumas and during that time all of that was used against mm. me that it got me to a point that uh i found myself in a situation that i'm pretty sure many women uh have been there already as i talk with many of my friends i always know um someone who have had a complicated toxic a uh, relationship like that in which in the end I could not uh, recognize myself and I lost a sense of identity and of who I actually were and I saw in that like all my mm, difficulties with self-love and self-worth and what actually brought me into that place so it really took me uh give me giving my power giving away my power to someone else and hitting rock bottom to actually you know come back uh, to myself and start looking deeper at those things so this was right uh, a little bit in the beginning of the pandemic so in January 2020 and I came back here to Amsterdam and I didn't yeah I was not working I was in a very bad mental state and then the pandemic yep. hit the world <laughs> that's the, that's what you know I've heard that so many times on the show I mean it's and then the pandemic hit the world and, and then the pandemic happened uh to which you know uh I see the pandemic as a catalyst for a lot of things in you know in a collective scale but also it was for me in a personal you know perspective uh It was a very important moment in time for me and it came like exactly on the time that I needed, you know, to settle down, yeah. stop traveling, look at yourself and, you know, start really mm, wanting it better and start really giving yourself some love and really addressing all those things that you were not addressing before. So the pandemic and the first lockdowns, they really worked for me as a pause, like the world was pausing and giving me the space to work on those things, uh, a space that I would probably not have if yeah. life was going on as yeah. normal as usual. Yeah. And then, yeah, because of that, 2020 was a very transformative year Uh, yeah, for me what, personally. What are some of the tools like through your journeys that you develop to kind of help yourself and, and that, you know, later on you, you maybe you used to help others? Uh, yeah, so that was the year that I started to work um, mostly with psilocybin mushrooms and truffles and that's what I can say definitely they completely changed my life. <laughs> Um, 
And yeah, I used to have like uh, journeys by myself, like uh, to really go in certain uh, very specific intentions. And afterwards, I would integrate those with the help of my psychologist, uh, which is not a psychotherapist, psychedelic psychotherapist, but she is psychedelic friendly. So basically, I would unpack those experiences with her. Uh, And that for me was extremely helpful because it was a combination of two different tools, plus obviously like incorporating uh, changes on my day-to-day life. Uh, that back then during the time of the pandemic uh, it was a bit difficult because uh, like everyone else I was cut off of any sort of connection uh, to other people like to close friends or like the social environment which were things that like they are my pillars uh, that I know are things that sustain my mental health uh, very well so I actually did use put more much more time on creative uh hobbies and finding ways of you know like self-expression and like entering some sort of a flow meditative state that would bring me more into my body and less into my mind nice what what are some of the self-expression you you worked with i mean i i know there's some writing and content creation are are there like other other things you worked with for self-expression uh yes i do like uh painting Ah, a lot there you go (laughs) so i can do that like as well face painting body painting that doesn't mean i actually do that pretty good it's not so much about that But more, you know, it's more about the act of doing it and being present uh, with it. So for me in general, I really like, you know, creating stuff or picking things from my imagination and fantasy and just drawing them. Mm. Uh No matter like if they are perfect uh, or not. Sometimes I can be a bit self-critical with that, but I see that it is the process yeah. that brings me the most and not the result. <laughs> no, that's, that's beautiful. And, and I, I can uh, understand the difference between self-expression and then doing it for an audience and, you know, looking for that validation, which is different. Uh, I think Definitely. some people uh, forget that. I, I met a lady one day. She she was very sad because she loved playing guitar, but her family didn't like her guitar playing. And and I was like, well, you know, like don't don't forget that there's a big part about this that's about self expression, and it's something you need. That's something important. And you know, like the the need for that validation and that judgment, like sometimes it actually hurts that self expression. Mm-hmm. Um, do you? Have have you done art and self-expression like on on psychedelics and and uh, experimented with that? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I did, I did have like it's super interesting because sometimes it goes like this. I had ideas of oh, I'm gonna take these mushrooms or I'm gonna take uh, LSD and I'm gonna create this beautiful thing, and then I take it and I'm there on the journey and the least thing I want to do yeah. is to paint something. You know? <laughs> I know it. So that, <laughs> I think that happens to a lot of people. But then in other times, when I actually did not plan it, uh, I actually did a few things. And I, I created a few things that during the process of creating, uh, you know, the paint, it moves. And you're just like, wow, yeah. this is amazing. This is incredible. And at the end, 
when you are sober again and you look at it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's okay. But it's, um, you like it because it brings you back to yeah. the experience uh, itself. So I did have one very cool experience like that um, it, when I was... When I first moved to Thailand, in the first two weeks there, I went to a festival that was called the Burning Man for Copenhagen. And in that festival, I was given for the first time liquid LSD on my mm -hmm. hand. And they had like a gigantic statue of a goddess wow. and paint everywhere. And we were just painting this goddess like with brushes and several different colors and with kids as well all around me. So... That was oh, a very wow. interesting one. Uh, how how did that uh, how did that come out at the end? I mean, like like were there uh, was there a big celebration around it? Like how how did it feel as you went through that? Uh, that was a pretty interesting process because throughout the night, every time I would go there and look at the goddess, she would look completely different. Hmm. At some point of the night, somebody painted uh, the whole thing in black. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then it gave space for people to paint all over the black. Oh. And it was just like a constant process of like, you know, birthing something new. Uh, and by the end of the night, of course, they set uh, the whole thing on fire. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's where because, I was yeah. going with that. I was like, <laughs> it mentioned Burning Man, which is, you know, it sounds like it's, it's burning goddess or burning woman in this case. Uh, mm -hmm. But it, it sounds pretty <laughs> powerful like that like it, i haven't been to burning man myself like when when that event happens and you burn it at the end like how does it feel like I, i'm assuming everybody's around it and there's like lots of energy there and you've you've had lsd at the same time like yeah. how um, was that <laughs> wow that was a, like that was an intense night uh honestly because uh first of all i have no clue about the dose that I took. I just know that it was like the strongest LSD oh. trip of my entire life. Uh, and it was just one tiny drop yeah. in my head. So um, unbelievable. And yeah, when it came to this point of the night, it was really beautiful because they put all the, the constructions, most of them were made of wood and banana leaves and they put it all on the stones right close, right next to the ocean. And people were drumming oh, wow. and dancing. So that was the music that was playing and everything was set on fire earlier in the night. People have uh, written, you know, the things they want to let go of uh, to also burn in that fire. So the whole energy of it, it was like, it felt like a, a ritual and it, it felt mm -hmm. like really intense, but it was also filled with joy and like seeing, yeah, like the fire, it was a very important um experience for me to have like right in the second week that i was there because the first two weeks for me they were really hard because i wanted to stay in amsterdam but i couldn't because mm. uh, of the brazilian visa and i needed to be three months out of europe uh, but at the same time i knew that that was going to be a new beginning uh for me so it really it kind of represented like that and i kind of felt that yeah. uh, like i was going through a ceremony as well <laughs> oh that's that's beautiful i like how did it feel like the next day after the the burning of the goddess and that experience i'm always curious about people's kind of next day and how did you see the world it probably felt refreshing i would assume i don't know uh yeah it felt definitely great like lsd afterglow is 
always amazing right <laughs> the next day you're just like there's still something in there uh and you're just you know so present and so content about life yeah. that uh, for me it was really like a reset yeah. in one way or another and like all the negativity and the insecurity and like all these thoughts they were washed away Beautiful. by this experience and then i could actually okay uh, i'm here now and what is this gonna bring me yeah wow That, that's beautiful. Were you were you a guide already at the at the time? Were you guiding? No. No, I was not. Uh, which, yeah, if I think about it, it's interesting. Like how a combination of different psychedelic experiences is what actually brought me to start the work as a guide. Yeah. How And, how did that happen? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, what was the <laughs> thought process there? And like, did you feel a calling or? You know, I'm curious about how how did you become the guy that you are today? Because I've heard lots of good things from from Luke Van Pol, uh, <laughs> oh, about nice. your 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 talent of uh, being a guy. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because uh, my work as a guide only came one year later after I co-founded Whoop, uh, so Woman on Psychedelics, uh, and this was exactly one year later. Uh, one year after this LSD experience that I just described you. Wow. <laughs> so this experience, one year later, I co-founded Whoop, and then one year later, I became, I started to train to become a guy. Uh, yeah. So then, I, did I say like how Whoop started? Well, or? maybe we'll start there because you did that first, <laughs> and uh, I like the name Whoop uh, and Women on Psychedelics, and I'm sure there's a great story there, and, and I'll let you. See. Yeah, like behind the name Whoop, it's actually a funny, like, it's, it's funny because uh, I was sitting here with my flatmate after a travel ceremony uh, that actually the end of the journey led me to uh, think, oh my gosh, we should, I should create something like Whoop. And then we were trying to think about names and we thought women in psychedelics, but that would be Whip. And we thought like, that doesn't sound so cool. And then we were like, whoop. And then we felt like, whoop, whoop, sounds really cool. <laughs> and that's literally how it happened. Uh, and also Wait, like what, with the logo, that? you know. Was was that why you were still in an altered state? You came up with it. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we felt, back then it felt like, oh, this is brilliant, right? It's gonna be so catchy. Whoop whoop. And then <laughs> yeah. And then we were like, oh, also like the the symbol, you know, feminism is like the rest on the uh, yeah female symbol. And then let's just replace it by a trippy mushroom. And yeah, this is why we nice. got today. Uh, but yeah, the, in general, the idea of your group came um, after this ceremony because it was a ceremony that I had here in Amsterdam uh, that I was taking part as, um, yeah, I was just going on a journey myself uh, with 12 other different people. And during that ceremony, there were several, um, how do I say, mistakes mm. and mm, ir irresponsibilities from the facilitators that I, I was just like, man, yeah, this is not how it is done, you know? Even though I was like in a very high dose myself, mm -hmm. um, there was a point in which I had to hold space for someone else because the facilitator could not do it. Mm -hmm. So uh, that really 
trigger me in some ways. And then I got together with a friend of mine who was doing the sound healing of the ceremony, uh, Tian. And we thought uh, on the importance, you know, of bringing, you know, more awareness towards these things and more specifically for women. And from there, we did a bigger research and we saw like, you know, when we researched the words women and psychedelics on Google, we wouldn't find much stuff. Mm. We like mostly would find like how the history have minimized the work of women on the field um, and how women have been, yeah, victims of abuse in ayahuasca retreats. And honestly, damn, that's not what I want to find when I Google those words, right? So we started... Uh, we thought like, well, let's start a project like Whoop, a, a platform with some educational resources uh, specifically for women. We were not uh, working on the psychedelic space, both of us. We were working together, uh, helping a mushroom farm here in Amsterdam. But, you know, we were like, okay, we don't have like all the knowledge, but there's nothing like this yeah. out there yet. Yeah. So if we don't start, who's going to start, you know? So we thought we learn uh, throughout the process as well, and this is how it has been since. Wow. How, how much has it? How, how long has it been? Like a couple of years now? Or? Uh, yeah, about two years. Oh no, almost one and a half years. One and a half years. How has it been? Like, like as you've grown this, and like, what have you heard? What are some of the stories you've heard from people that, like, like, how are you feeling about the project now? A year and a half later. <laughs> Uh, it's so it's so funny because you know you know when you start like a passion project and you think like oh I'm doing this because I like it and yeah. I think it's some yeah people would like it I know. but then suddenly it grows and it grows way more than I expect. Um, so at least that's how it went for us. Like social media wise, we right now have almost eight thousand followers, oh, and during this process, like a lot of women came and they were like. I really like what you're doing. I want to help and I want to contribute. So everything we have done so far, it's by means of collaboration of other women hearing about it, liking what we do and saying, I want to do something with you. So everything that we do is volunteer based. Uh, We literally went nothing for that. We did not think about, uh, you know, making a business out of it, but more like of providing these resources uh, for people. And then everything we have done, it's in our free time. But interesting enough, like I got to do a lot of networking and meet a lot of people in the field because of this work with Whoop. And this is actually how I got connected with Luke, who offered me the training to become a guide. So, yeah, that's a cool one of those cool synchronicities or like things that, you know, is slowly taking you to your path yeah why you don't even know what your path is oh i i know that's kind of the journey i've been on myself too it's like you just follow the path and you trust the universe and you follow your passion as well and sometimes it's surprising what comes out the people you meet along the way uh that's that's beautiful um so in what what do you do in, in women on psychedelics is it like content um videos uh like how how does it materialize itself uh in Uh, our world (laughs) uh, yeah so basically yeah from the beginning i've done a bit of everything 
you know, like, it's also like, okay, you want to pick something and you want to bring something to the world. So you need to look like, what are my set of skills in order that I, yeah, can make this thing reality? So basically I knew, yeah, social media, I knew how to write, I knew how to build a website. And so I've done like all uh, content creation so far. I wrote a few articles, uh, the social media posting as well, but also the networking and interviewing women. Oh, good. And then after that, uh, we, we've got some help uh, with other women helping interviewing other women or with women writing articles for us. Uh, regular sometimes, we have regular authors. Sometimes it's just someone who's like, oh, I have a piece for you. And they send it to us. So basically from scratch, it was a lot of work. It was much more work than I thought it would be. You know <laughs> how bet. this piece goes as well? I bet you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm feeling like that about the the podcast sometimes. And I've talked to many other people who, who feel like that. It's But but it's fun work, right? It's creative work. It's fun. Yeah, definitely. People. It's fun work. Yeah, you meet people and you meet... Wow, in this field, you meet so many interesting people. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Like, people from, you know, all sorts of backgrounds and with all sorts of crazy stories on how they ended up here, you know? Oh, yeah. So, at the end of the day, super rewarding. <laughs> do, do you have any... Uh, since you have, like, so many followers and, and you meet so many people, do you have any, like, conferences? or big meetings or like big events you you organize with with that reach uh not yet which is sadly i think a missed opportunity but something that we are looking further into this year of 2022 yeah it, because you know like so back then when i started whoop i was not working uh because of my visa situation yeah. in europe which was a, not a crazy thing from 2020 <laughs> And then after I started to work as a guide, I got much busier. So I could put less time in Whoop that I was putting before. And events is something that we're actually looking to do more this year. And we actually have done about three weeks ago, our first storytelling events. It was mm. a women's storytelling night. Oh, wow. Uh, in which we had me and three other guests uh, sharing one psychedelic experience and Beautiful. you know opening this space so the people that were attending the event could share their own experiences and see how each story could connect you know with them as well mm, yeah storytelling is such an art and a powerful art um i i was fortunate to participate in native american um uh, ceremonies where they end the ceremonies with quite a bit of storytelling uh oh, wow. and and it's such a blessing to just think that you know like a lot of their history has been passed through storytelling um you know sitting around a fire or at the end of a ceremony and and so i'm, I'm really you know every time i hear storytelling or somebody doing storytelling I'm, I'm like oh wow like how do you approach it and you know how do you create that space as well uh yeah, which it. you know it, it sounds like that's that's a lot of what you, what you did there um do you use any music in the storytelling uh, or it, like how, how do you conduct your storytelling and when you talk, you mm. know, in, in the women's storytelling? Uh, yeah. So this, uh, this time, yeah, we were seeing, you know, like what it works and what it does. So we thought about, uh, 
a team and actually bringing uh, some storytelling around dark and light mm. or a journey that could include both of those, which mm. most of the time it is yeah. like that, right? <laughs> and so each of us uh, shared a very deep personal story about dark and light and it was very interesting because uh, I feel like there are different types of storytelling but mostly specifically what we do with Whoop uh, it's a storytelling that comes from a very vulnerable place because you are sharing something deep, deeply personal mm -hmm. um, about your healing journey and you know to be brave enough to come and talk about it and tell it uh, to other women so they can relate to your story and see themselves uh, also in you. Yeah. It's a very powerful experience. So for me, that event was like wow. uh, a very special one. Like I didn't have that uh, before in other events. Yeah, that's beautiful. Being able to create that space and hold that space where people feel safe to share their stories uh, is is very nice. I think it's also a, a lost art. You know, we used to gather around that fire, that safe mm -hmm. fire and, and share our stories. And uh, it, that's missed now because we consume a lot of media and a lot of stories through yeah. Facebook and all that. And uh, that's that's my perspective here injecting that no, I, agree. Uh, but... I definitely agree with you and like even hearing this now it kind of i see a lot of similarities yeah when you talk about that and the ceremonial space itself when i'm guiding someone being there you yeah. know yeah being present hold the space uh, be seen and yeah let yourself yeah be seen and heard um, actively there listening. are a lot of <laughs> yes exactly so a lot of similarities in there <laughs> yeah so so that leads us to the guide and and to your guiding work that you've been doing um and is this something you're doing on your your own like how do you approach how do, how do you approach each session and what are some of the things you've learned since you you've started uh, mm -hmm. i'm trying to do the math here over the last year uh -huh. Yeah, so basically, yeah, like with Psychedelic Insights, uh, we work through more of a Western framework, which I actually really like because I'm always very, you know, uncomfortable when it comes to, you know, cultural appropriation and certain ways of doing this work in the psychedelic space. So what we offer is like the psychological guidance of psychedelic experiences. Uh, that being said, I always work alongside a male guide uh, and we work yeah in teams of two uh, and we go there and we have a day session uh, with the client that we have met beforehand prior to the experience a couple of times but we also do a follow-up of integration afterwards which is like for me the most important mm. part of this process um, but every time Yes, every time I get there for a session, uh, it's special and it's different. Yes. Uh, I'm pretty sure you can relate <laughs> oh, yes. to that as well. It's, and, and sometimes it's very surprising in beautiful ways yes. and unexpected <laughs> ways. And you can throw your whole plan out the window and, and you have to go with the flow. <laughs> Uh, exactly oh, yeah. oh my god so yeah talking about unpredictable work that you never get bored this is one <laughs> yeah it's humanity our spectrum is, is we have a big spectrum of experiences and um yeah exactly that was i was yeah, gonna so, ask you just that so. yeah that's what i find you know as well super fascinating about it because 
yeah, you you can get there and you know you've met the person before and you can have a feeling of the person, but it's it is always like a surprise box. Oh yeah. And you don't know, yeah, what is in the subconscious mind uh, of people. Sometimes they don't even know themselves. So for me, it's always yeah, it's always like let like you said it in a beautiful way. It's beautiful. And it's, yeah, unique and it's unpredictable and it can go in every sort of directions. But uh, I see that with every journey and every client that comes to me, uh, it's not only that they are learning something about themselves, but I'm also learning something about me through this person and through the guiding process with this person. And, you know, like I never believe in coincidences or anything like that, but I believe like that every client that comes and have me as a guide is there because I have something to give to this person, but I will also get something in return. And this is what I have been seeing throughout this entire process. I have guided so far, I think, more than, yeah, 30, 40 people uh, in individual sessions. And it's always such a powerful experience. Like the same person, you know, the person that was there in the morning is not the same person that you're leaving in in the evening, you know. (laughs) Yeah, it's beautiful. I'm sure it helps also having a a co-facilitator with you. who's you know brings that male energy and and or different i would actually not even just say the male energy but i'd say different energy so you you can work with that depending on mm-hmm. on what happens as well at least from my experience i've i've seen this helps a lot because in some situation you're like oh well maybe he he's going to be better at this than me or connect better with the person than I can from that perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and I really mm-hmm. enjoyed uh, working this way. I, I don't know if you've, you've experienced the same as well. It's the same, definitely the same for me because uh, yeah, again, it's the same, like as you learn from the client, you are also learning from the other guide that is there with you. And, you know, every person is unique and every person has their own unique set of skills. So, yeah, every journey uh, that I'm, you know, honored to hold space, I'm learning something from Marcel, who is the guy who is working uh, a lot with me lately. And at the end of it, we actually get there and we do an integration of the session uh, ourselves as well. So what we can unpack. Uh, from this person experience and our experience of yeah being there for this person you know yeah oh that's that's beautiful i can i can relate to a lot of that um without going into the details but it, it it's beautiful um now where do you conduct the ceremonies like is this indoor do you do outdoor ceremonies as well or like and is it during the day at night i'm I'm curious about the the space and and how you, you prepare that space and and take the persons through that journey uh so the way we work here because right now we don't have a center we used to have a center before covid mm-hmm. hit but then yeah with covid things got more complicated because most of our clients they travel from abroad and then okay. they could not travel. So right now what we do is uh, we go to the Airbnb that the person mm-hmm. rents. It's usually uh, a cozy one in nature. So we do have the option oh, nice. you know, of going outside if uh, needed or wanted. But mostly this space you know, needs to be uh, 
a quiet space, a space that the person can arrive uh, prior to the experience and make sure they are comfortable with it. Uh, that also have like easy access to the toilet, <laughs> so we do not have any, any sort of crazy problems <laughs> with that part. <laughs> yeah. um, but mostly, yeah, where they can, you know, have their bed and make this house a cozy nest. Uh, because now the way we do this, uh, the entire experience is with the person lying down and putting the blindfolds on so all their consciousness can go inside mm. and this is like yeah where we see like the deeper introspection and the deeper healing happening so That's yeah this is mostly how we prepare the space we also get there um in the beginning of the day uh and we stay there for as long as it is necessary uh, or as long as the person says okay i want to be by yeah. myself now you can go yeah yeah oh that makes sense do you ever have people who say i don't want the blindfold i've never done the blindfold uh and i've done a lot of ceremonies <laughs> in a lot of different ways but like part of me is mm -hmm. like and they're very inward looking but like part of me is like i i don't want something on my head and i can close my eyes like like are there people who kind of push back on the blindfold and um <laughs> yes uh, so like yeah there's also like something that is interesting to see you know because at the end of the day you are there you know to make the most out of your own experience yeah. and to do whatever you are comfortable doing so it's not like we're gonna push you okay you need to do it this way yeah, if, yeah, yeah. if you don't want to do it that way uh but what happens in certain cases uh with the few clients that said i don't want the blindfold it was more like oh i don't want the blindfold but i also don't like this music or oh okay can you yeah yeah you know what i mean uh, no i know what you mean i think it's interesting because i've i've been thinking a lot about the blindfold in general because that pops up in a lot of pictures online when people talk about uh psychedelic therapy and you know i've also seen sessions where people didn't have the blindfold and and not having it allowed them to actually be more talkative and and share their experience mm -hmm. in different ways and and actually share some storytellings and and um Uh, give the facilitator the opportunity to support that storytelling and so there's different modalities um and the blindfold is interesting because it's basically like no this is going to be an inward journey and it it's providing some type of control over the experience i think um so uh, yeah, I, yeah yeah i definitely agree with you in one way yes Uh, but also at the end, you know, usually after three hours, uh, most of the people, they remove the blindfold oh, okay. <laughs> and then they have the talking oh, experience. So it's not like they are like that all the time, but they do have a little bit of both. Oh, uh, nice. but I do, yeah, I do see, um, uh, a lot of, yeah, I, because I, I also do with the blindfold myself, uh, for part of the journey. Yeah. And I do see a difference with that, but it's the same as well. You can just close it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I came from yoga and meditation and doing yoga classes where you have your eyes closed for two hours and just do breath work. And so like we never use the blindfold, but I can also see the use for the blindfold because it does say this is internal and we don't want you to get tempted and distracted by the yourself. external yeah. things, which a lot of people uh, who might come to mm, truffles or, or magic mushrooms for the first time, there's a little bit of a temptation that happens when you start mm -hmm. seeing the exterior world uh, modify yeah. itself. 
um, and, exactly. and that might distract from from the process. So um, I always find the dis- discussion of, of blindfold very um, fascinating and, and see how people approach it. Because I, in ayahuasca ceremonies, for example, it's very inward facing ceremonies. Um, you don't you don't need a blindfold it's it's basically like i cannot even imagine how people would use a blindfold when i ask a ceremony <laughs> yeah i mean i don't think you need it because you're the experience is very much on the inside like you you do see some mm-hmm. some distortions on the outside on different things and uh but usually the rooms are are dark too i mean in, mm-hmm. in some of the experiences i've had there might be a fire but you know that's about it um Interesting. good so um a few things to connect this back to to leadership um and and i mean leadership in the sense of manifesting uh your future and then manifesting and helping others manifest their future um what are what are some of the biggest things you've learned in in helping you manifest that future and that journey and where you're at uh, from from your psychedelic experiences and your your journey, mm-hmm. I think like uh, in general, uh, psychedelic experiences have connected me much more with myself, or if I can say that, with my true essence. You know, behind you know everything that has happened to me, all the insecurities, all the narratives, and all the stories I tell myself. Uh, about who I am, uh, but like really bringing me to this uh, deeper part of me uh, that sometimes it gets blurry. Um, to, yeah, yeah, it to yeah. Us, right. <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people listening can probably relate to that, like the self, the who I am, the self. Yeah, definitely. And it's it's interesting because uh, by doing that, like it's really as well connecting me much more in a you know, with a place of love rather than fear. So like listening much more to this loving voice and like being more self-compassionate and, you know, uh, seeing more of my worth. But this also being reflected directly into other people uh, because, yeah, it's also something I truly believe, you know, the way people perceive you is the way you perceive yourself. Yeah, what you give to yourself, you can give it better to other people. So psychedelics in general brought me in a much more heart-centered space. Yeah. Uh, yeah, in which yeah, I much more often see me in others. And because of that, I can connect with people in a different level. Yeah. How do you then take that and look at the world today and what happens in the world? And how do you process that from that place of love? Well, yeah, that's an excellent question because right now what is happening in the world (laughs) is something that, uh, you know, like uh, it it wasn't enough two years of pandemic. Now we need to have like another war. Yeah. happening in the world and things like here in Europe uh, we have like there are different ways of feeling it and feeling close uh, to certain events when they happen uh, I think in general uh, psychedelics have brought me a much more positive perspective on life and on people and like you know that everyone is good in their core and, and that we can always bring out the love out of a person and but you know at the same time i try to don't romanticize this thing so much or idealize uh the world so much 
So it's not like uh, because of psychedelics, I start to think like, oh, yeah, if everybody takes it, we're all going to hold hands and we're going to bring world peace. You know what I mean? If it was that this easy. Is, <laughs> it's not as simple, yeah. obviously. Yeah. So, in, yeah, that being said, I also feel like psychedelics, uh, I have seen it also bringing some really dark sides of uh people and of yeah realities that are out there that we know they have always been out there so like these are incredible tools that can be used you know in a good way but also in a bad way yeah. like everything else yeah totally no and and yeah. i i like what you said about the world it's this that awareness that there's good and bad in the world uh almost like being able to accept that and is important not not just because you're like all about love and you find the love and and you've gained those insights doesn't mean that you're not seeing the world for what it is which i think is yeah is important that, exactly that would be bypassing which also happens a lot in this space uh but yeah that's not yeah how the realities of things are but like definitely um these compounds they can bring you more self-awareness and i think when we start from this place of self uh that's when it ripples and we can actually affect other people with that yeah oh beautiful um almost done with with the with the questions and my interest and um this one is is one that i've asked every guest uh and i'm probably going to write an article about it but if you were to capture mm. the essence of leadership in a plant a fungi an animal mm. or anything what would it be and why uh, yeah, like the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask this question would definitely be the mycelium network. Yeah. Because, yeah, for me, leadership is all about that. It's like how you are able to connect, yeah, people with other people and like see everyone like their own unique person that is like no one is better than the other. Yeah. But like when we all come together, we can create this incredible thing. Yeah, and yeah, that's how I see it. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful, and and you know, I've, I've had actually surprisingly enough, it hasn't come up that much, but it has come up um, from several people, mostly from uh, actually last week. I was talking with the folks at a company called Guela in Canada. They make um, uh, gummies. Um, they're not psychedelic gummies, but their entire team has experience with plant medicine and fungi medicine. Mm, and nice. uh, two of them in completely separate interview give me the same answer for different reasons. And uh, <laughs> there's so much about the, the mycelium that we can learn from. I know Paul Stamets talks about it a lot, um, mm -hmm. you know, how it converts one thing that we didn't think of any use to something else that has use and uh you know how it's used for communication and um like for me it teaches patience as well because it takes a long time to develop and then there's those beautiful fruits that come out of it with so many different properties um well 100 so. and also like if you think about it like you know how it connects one tree that is in the completely yeah. other side of the forest than this tree uh you know it's almost like if I make an analogy, it's like picking people from entire different cultures and making them have a conversation with the other. Yeah, yeah. So it, I find it incredible. Yeah, it's interesting because sometimes when I connect with people on LinkedIn, I'm like, hey, I'm just expanding my mycelium network. 
And I feel like, you know, <laughs> I, like I want to connect those dots because I, yes. I do believe that, you know, if you have, if you feel like you have a calling and you're, you're kind of surrendering to, to the universe, there's other people out there that are on that, on a similar journey and you can help each other. And, uh, it's 100%. Yeah. This is how all my work have been done uh, to now with whoop. And I'm pretty sure you can also relate to that with the work on the podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, talking about helping and helping you, um, w like what are some of the things people can do or could do to help you? Like if there's anything you need right now or if you're trying to plan an event or um, you have a magic wand and say, I need help with this. <laughs> what, what could that be? Uh, you know, we are always looking for uh, people that want to contribute uh, to the platform with articles or help giving like a helping hand on social media. So that's always my you know call out if anybody is interested in getting involved and learn a little bit more about the organization. Uh, they can just go to the website, womanofpsychedelics.org. Uh, but yeah, besides that, uh, they can just reach out to me as well via LinkedIn right. or like on the DM. And if you have an idea and you want to come up with something, I'm always there, you know, to listen and jump on a quick call. Wonderful. And uh, if people uh, are looking for you to guide them uh, and to work with, with you and, and your, your partner, um, like how how do they go about that? Uh, yeah, to booking sessions here uh, in Amsterdam, they can go to the Psychedelic Insights website, which is psychedelicinsights.com. And there they can try to click for an intro call which they're probably going to talk with me or Luke. And from there, we take them through all the process uh, okay. until they come here and they have their own journeys. Good. Beautiful. Well, um, are there any questions you wish I had asked or you want to ask me before we end the show? I think uh, this is pretty much it. Uh, like, I really enjoyed this conversation. <laughs> I think like this was like the most move like nice podcasts oh. I have been so far oh. and I have been to a few of them already <laughs> oh thank you I, you know I I tried it's kind of funny when when we record po podcasts is as much as we try not to put a mask on when I push that mm -hmm. record button it still happens but my intent is still to have it be very much like the discussion we had right before we hit that record button yeah, yeah. and have it mm -hmm. you know flow flow nicely and and share our stories because you know there's I a think you're doing great. Right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> well, uh, well, it was it was great uh, to share that space with you today, and um, thank you, thank you very much. And uh, I hope thank we get you. to do that again. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Leadership Adelics. I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed making it. And if you only listen to it, we also have a YouTube channel that allows you to connect more deeply with the guests by seeing some of the visual cues that happen when we talk that don't necessarily come across when you just listen to somebody. And if you like the show and haven't subscribed to it yet, subscribe to it. If you haven't given a review yet, oh, I'll be so humble and grateful if you give a review. It also helps get the word out there and, and find more listeners and, and change the world one person at a time. And finally, if you know of any guests that could be a good fit for the show, send them my way and I'll take it from there. On that note, have a great day wherever you are and I'll see you again next week. <laughs>